Hello, and welcome to the Chicago Symphony Orchestra Virtual Pre-Concert. This is Carl Grapentine, formerly of WFMT Radio here in Chicago. And once again, it's my pleasure to share some information, some thoughts, and some excerpts of the music on this week's Chicago Symphony Orchestra Concerts. We have two rarities on the first half of the program, and then the very first symphony by Beethoven. This week's guest conductor is Giancarlo Guerrero. He was born in Nicaragua in 1969, but emigrated to Costa Rica. He then earned a degree from Baylor University in Texas, and then his master's from Northwestern University. He is currently the music director of the Nashville Symphony Orchestra and holds some other posts as well. This program begins with the Chacon in E minor by Dieterich Buxtehude, arranged by Carlos Chavez. Now, let me try to translate that for you and peel away some of the layers. Dieterich Buxtehude was born in 1637, so he was about 50 years older than Bach and Handel. He was born in Sweden, but considered himself Danish. And he is still considered one of the most important composers for organ. This Chacon in E minor was originally an organ piece. The arrangement for full orchestra is by Carlos Chavez, maybe the most prominent of 20th century Mexican composers. Interesting combination of worlds there. A quick story about Buxtehude. As he neared 70 years of age, he was searching for a successor. He offered his organist position in Lübeck to a young George Frederick Handel, who turned him down. Soon thereafter, a 20-year-old Johann Sebastian Bach traveled 250 miles by foot to Lübeck to meet Buxtehude and hear him play. He ended up staying for more than three months, learning from the master. But he did not apply for the post, maybe for the same reason as Handel and others. Buxtehude had stipulated that whoever succeeded him as organist also had to marry his oldest daughter. A Chacon was originally a slow dance in three-quarter time but it has also come to mean a slow piece consisting of variation after variation on a theme. This piece has 31 variations in the space of its six or seven minutes. The orchestral colors provided by Chavez make the theme and the variations easier to recognize, I think. Here is the opening, played by the Simon Bolivar Symphony Orchestra of Venezuela, led by Carrie Lynn Wilson.
and it builds to a wonderful conclusion. But instead of the sound of an organ-filling Lübeck Cathedral, it's the colors of a full symphony orchestra. The second work on the program is by Oster Piazzolla, his Aconcagua Concerto from Bandoneon and Orchestra. This year marked the 100th anniversary of the birth of the Argentine composer Oster Piazzolla. His compositions revolutionized the traditional tango, using elements of jazz and classical music to create a form known as Nuevo Tango. He was also a bandoneon player himself. Now, the bandoneon is part of, I guess you could say, the accordion family. It's really closest to a concertina. No keys, just buttons. And it's used mainly in tangos from Argentina and Uruguay. This composition by Piazzolla is a concerto for bandoneon and orchestra. It was written in 1979. The publisher named it the Aconcagua Concerto. Aconcagua is a mountain in western Argentina. It's the highest peak in the Andes Mountains, and it's the highest peak in the western hemisphere. And the publisher said he used that title because this was the peak of Piazzolla's compositions. It's a concerto in the standard three-movement form, fast, slow, fast. In the first movement... The soloist enters immediately, playing a tango, accompanied by harp, percussion, and some powerful chords in the strings. This recording we're going to hear features Oster Piazzolla himself as the bandoneon soloist with the Southwest German Broadcasting Orchestra. <laughs> The second movement is more lyrical. 
It begins with the bandoneon alone, eventually joined by the harp in an elegant duet. The finale is based on a tango that Piazzolla had used in a film score. Near the end, there is a melancholy section, but that dissolves and it ends with a final fury. Second half of the program, Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 1. It seems appropriate somehow that the premiere of the very first symphony by the man who was to change music history and usher in the Romantic era was heard in the year 1800, right on the dividing line between the centuries. The concert was April 2nd, 1800 in Vienna, Ludwig van Beethoven was 29 years old. Music of the classical era followed certain forms and patterns and rules, and early Beethoven was very much like Haydn and Mozart. But there are some little hints of what is to come. For instance, the very first chord of the symphony teases us. What key is it in? The symphony is officially in C major, but the first chord is C, but it's C7, which resolves to F major. A little twist on tradition there. Here is that opening of the symphony, played by the Berlin Philharmonic, led by Claudio Abbado. Thank you. 
one Viennese critic said, no one will censure an ingenious artist like Beethoven for such liberties and peculiarities, but such a beginning is not suitable for the opening of a grand concert in a spacious opera house. After that slow intro, the Allegro con Brio begins. The second movement of the symphony is marked Andante Cantabile. It's quite elegant, definitely a remnant of the classical era. The third movement is titled Menuetto, a minuet, and here is where we begin to see more of Beethoven's romantic tendencies. Over the course of the nine Beethoven symphonies, minuets became scherzos. Scherzos are less mannered, a little more unruly, a little freer than minuets. Now here in the symphony number one, the title is Menuetto, but it's not, really. It's marked Allegro molto e vivace, very fast and lively. This is not your polite minuet.
And we come to the fourth movement, the finale, and it begins with another tease, but an even more elaborate one. Beethoven starts first with a chord. Then you'll hear the first three notes of a scale. Then he stops, starts over, and plays the first four notes of the scale, stops, then five, then six, and then seven notes with a hold on the last one. And then finally he backs up, takes a running start, and heads into a joyful, exciting finale. Listen to the opening of that movement, the tease, and then the delightful theme of the finale. And that theme carries through all the way to the very end of the symphony. An impressive first symphony for sure, but just a hint of what would eventually come from the mind of Ludwig von Beethoven. Thank you very much for listening, and enjoy the concert. This has been another Chicago Symphony Orchestra virtual pre-concert with your host, Carl Grapentine.